0: Welcome to Postscript, my name is Dave Severn's. I'm the worship pastor at Compass Point, and I'm doing the same intro yet again, and yet again with me is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good, I'm doing great, thank you. Excellent. Uh, it's the same intro, but it's a new topic. I'm really excited for this one. We're talking uh, about lament today, yeah. um, about the psalms and how the psalms are full of these uh, kind of sad, maybe a little frustrated, you know, maybe depressed, even what, you know, what's, what's going on there. And we, we titled this week, dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um, so, so give me a little recap, Paul, what did, what did we talk about on Sunday? Yeah,
1: we, we talked about those feelings that are, uh, associated with crises in our lives that, uh, that sometimes, especially when it comes to this, uh, a, a spiritual, um, you know, a dark spiritual place, Uh, not Mm. to say that we can just easily divide up our life into spiritual and non-spiritual. I don't believe that to be true at all. But I would say that, you know, there are um, there are these really great examples of people who are trying to experience their faith. In ways that have been written about for you know centuries and who have been you know they, they've been exemplified by others and and even though they're trying to experience their faith in positive ways they're finding themselves in places where it's just not working the way they want and hmm. that can often lead to sort of this darkness and a dark night of the soul and i use this dark night of the soul it's actually a um, a term that's used in catholic theology and you know sometimes we, we get really uh, worried about using theology from you know denominations that are different than ours, but 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 the thing is that some of these mainline traditions, you know, especially ones that have a you know a, a, sort of a read through the scripture on a regular basis, the lectionary that allows them to preach through yep. passages. They often touch on these topics much more than, you know, our evangelical circles, because for us in our churches, we just avoid this stuff. We're like, oh, I'll skip over that. I'll, I'll read Psalm 139, but I'll skip over the mad stuff or I'll read this part and mm-hmm. I'll cut out that. You know, I, I have to admit there's parts in my Bible where I have psalms that you know where i have little brackets so that if i'm reading the psalm you know in in a corporate setting maybe i'll just skip that little part there you know just because i want it to to have a main focus well really it's some of that stuff makes us uncomfortable and that's and that's rough um so yeah i mean i didn't give you much of an overview there but i would say that for us you know this is important for every one of us because we're gonna face this stuff and Mm -hmm. if you're a new christian it's gonna freak you out you're gonna feel like everything is falling apart And if you're an experienced Christian, I think we need to come face to face with the fact that we don't handle these kinds of feelings well. We boot them Mm -hmm. all over the place and sometimes we make them
0: worse, um, you know, by insisting on things. So, yeah, then I want to I want to just a little historical tidbit. As we we talk about, you know, Dark Knight of the Soul is a Catholic theology. It it actually this idea was around, I believe, before the Reformation. So yes, it's not that's true. like it's it's in the history of the church. Yeah. And uh, our our church is the Catholic is used in two terms, right? Both the universal, the Catholic, all of the people church, and then now the denomination or the group that we would consider Catholic. But yeah. um, certainly, uh, you know, there are lots of great uh, theologians, both in the modern Catholic church and in the, the ancient one uh, where we find our roots, we all do as followers of Jesus. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. This is something that we, we as evangelicals are probably less comfortable with, and we know what to do with less. Um, so, so let me start with the, the kind of classic response and answer that I've heard when I've talked about lament, um, and, and kind of bringing to God, our sadness and, and the fullness of our, our experience in that, uh, didn't Jesus take care of that? Like, You know, this is this is Old Testament stuff, right? Like, isn't aren't we beyond being sad because we've got the answer. The answer is Jesus. Mm.
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, this psalm is a perfect example of this because the the author, you know, has an answer that is imperfect. uh, We would agree because he is, you know, speaking on the other side of the resurrection on the, you know, before the resurrection. But but he is pointing to an answer. He is recognizing the promises of God, and he's recognizing the hope that he has in God. In fact, he talks about hope in a really interesting way that I didn't get to on Sunday. He says, put your hope mm. in God, for I will praise him um, and, and my Savior, my Lord. And, my, and, and this idea of hope is really interesting because he's hoping that God will rescue him from his enemies, hope that God's truth will lead him, and hope that God will restore his worship. So for him those two things exist at the same time. There is an hmm. answer and there is sadness. And those two things are not exclusive, you know? And hmm. and so even on this side of the resurrection, we have the answer in Jesus. We have a tremendous ability to, to persevere because we have the Holy Spirit with us. But in the midst of all of that, that doesn't mean that life goes easy. Jesus said, right, you know, right in the, in, in, you know, in the most crucial time. And he said, in this life, you will have troubles. All the disciples were killed for what they believe in all kinds of excruciating ways. Um, and so there's no doubt in our, in my mind that emotionally we're going to have these dark nights, these moments where things are tough.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I I think that's, uh, that's good. Can, Can you explain to me some of the differences now? So Uh, One of the ways that I I think culture has shifted, um, even from the time of guys like C.S. Lewis, who we we love and who's a great, great thinker and and kind of modern enough, right? Wrote a lot in the 40s, 50s. Uh, But he was was British. He was an academic. He's kind of got that classic stiff upper lip, keep calm and move along attitude. And we've moved now into a world where we are more aware of uh, mental illness, more aware of things like depression, um, things that are... That are actually really serious and we, we recognize that even i'd say even especially now um during this pandemic we realize there's a lot of uh of legitimate concerns and needs so where's that line between like yeah you know bring it to jesus and pray and it, we have dark nights of the soul and it's okay and like i actually need to get help and need to like what how do we how do we manage that can we just pray away depression yeah,
1: well, of course, no, we cannot. Um, I uh, so let me be clear. The, you know, and and you know, I I, I received an email uh, this week, or just you know, after preaching this message to to you know, remind us of the of the mental health uh, struggles that we face, and and I have you know, I want to be really clear here. Uh, I am not an expert on depression what I can do is just point to the scripture and say, here's what the Bible talks about. Here's what the Bible says. Um, In the Psalms, we don't find, um, it's kind of like in in the wisdom literature, we don't actually find the promises in the same way. What we find is, is, you know, advice and thoughts and patterns for expressing some of the emotions that we're feeling. And so, you know, I don't want to, you know, make, like, I've actually, uh, Uh, had a request that, you know, we preach some of the Psalms that speak about these kind of, you know, God will protect you no matter what comes up and you will be safe and you will be, you know, everything will be fine. And I don't want to make these kinds of, you know, statements because I don't think, I think they're expressing a truth a reality in God, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, all I have to do is pray and all of a sudden, you know, everything is good what i would say and maybe i'm rambling here a little bit let me let me let me go to a a slightly different angle to this that you know you had mentioned that in our in our context today we actually have we've been doing a better job of dealing with um you know some of depression and some of these more um you know with the let's Mm -hmm. talk days and things like that which is fantastic but what i would say is the church is often lagging behind and and Mm -hmm. denominationally You know there is there is a difference between you know like the levels of depression that happen in different church contexts and what I would say is that those denominations that focus in on what we would sometimes describe as health and wellness often see higher levels of depression and the reason for that is that we have higher expectations of some kind of freedom from all of this and and then the world does and so the difference between the church and us is or the church and and the rest of the people that we come in contact with on a regular basis is that we have an expectation of safety because of jesus and we have an expectation Mm -hmm. of power because of the holy spirit and when we see a gap between our expectations and reality that's where things start to get you know funky for us and a little bit hard yeah and so what i'm trying to say is that is that yes there is a big there there are There are a lot this is a wide spectrum we're taking on a huge topic here and i am i am not suggesting that medication is not helpful or not important or we shouldn't even approach medication what i am suggesting is that in the church specifically we have to be careful not to um not to make things worse by by putting on this pressure and this additional pressure to be okay And Mm -hmm. and that's the thing I think that we need to do a better job of talking about You know, if someone comes to us and it and talks about their their feelings of, you know, being overwhelmed It's not helpful for us Even though it may be our first instinct to say Well, you know, like maybe you just need to you know Have some friends visit you or maybe you just need to reach out to some people or maybe you just need to do this It's never that simple,
0: right? That's that's the thing that we were trying to get at and um Yeah uh, there's a there's a great little book I pulled off my shelves yesterday as I prep for next week where we're talking about anger, which is going to be a whole whole another thing. Mm-hmm. But some similarities here. Um, there's a book called uh, "Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved to Believe" by a, uh, a Canadian-born theologian uh, named Kate Bowler, who yeah. who um, yeah learned lament the hard way by having so much in her life kind of go wrong: mm-hmm. um, stage four cancer and and just uh, infertility and and all kinds of terrible stuff. But talks talks about this a little bit um and and kind of the the ways that we've bought into the prosperity gospel the like that and the prosperity gospel in in short is that jesus is going to make my life here and now easier he's going to make it better Mm -hmm. he's going to give me physical things he's going to give me health and wealth and um and that's not actually the promise of jesus is it uh Mm -hmm. which is is hard for us to take and and certainly sometimes god does provide these things and, and we're told that god provides and and works in our lives but um, yeah. The other the other thing I would just add to what you're saying about um, you know is it is it depression? Is it just the dark night of the soul? Uh, talk to people. Um, talk to us. Come talk to us as yeah. pastors. And we, uh, I would say, we we are our team, the, the people I know at our church, we're we're well aware of kind of those lines between um, something where you need to visit someone who's who's better qualified than we are to deal with mental health yeah uh, things. And and there's nothing there's no shame in that. There's just we we know kind of. What what those lines are, we, we would be glad to help discern those lines with you. Yeah. And, um, and I would, yeah, I would yeah, and, and I would say, too, like I, I made this comment on Sunday that,
1: you know, it's kind of baked in to our to mm-hmm. Christianity in the sense it, it's almost like a, a kind of like this ticking time bomb. And again, I go back to this idea mm-hmm. of expectations and reality. Because becoming a follower of Jesus is transformational. It makes a difference in your life. I have been saying this from the you know, from the moment that I've been in this role over and over and over again, um, that an encounter with Jesus changes things in our lives. And if it's not changing things, then we've got to ask some questions because maybe we're not encountering Jesus with the fullness of who he is and the power that he brings to us and all of those good things. Yeah. That is true but we can hold that to be true and still experience weakness and we can still ex- mm-hmm. experience sadness and and you know even other emotions that are are much more dark and what i'm trying to say is that it's baked into our our faith that being a follower of jesus means that you live differently yes that's true yeah. that means that i'll never be sad nope that's not true and it means mm-hmm. i'll never have problems nope that's not true either and so we got to kind of hold these two things together. But I think, in, in as I said, in our church, in our church tradition, we have to do a better job of of handling these emotions and talking about them out loud. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think what I would like to kind of, you know, from the from what I shared on Sunday, the thing that I found most interesting was this, you know, this whole thing of um, Andrew Lloyd-Jones. Uh, who is this theologian who, you know, I, I quoted a couple of times. He He's, you know, he's yep. he's someone who's written extensively in terms of commentaries and stuff. And I believe he was a medical if doctor. You were on the,
0: yeah, if you were on the chat, Doug Agnew gave us a little bio as you were preaching about him. It's oh, great. there you go. So, yeah, so neat, neat
1: guy. But one of the things that he said that I absolutely loved is, you know, he talked about this idea of unhappiness and some of this unsettledness comes because we're mm-hmm. listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. And yeah. you know I didn't want to jump to solutions in this in this passage necessarily, mm-hmm. but I did want to acknowledge that the idea of preaching to ourselves is something that is is quite valuable talking to ourselves, telling us ourselves the truth and that same thing about singing yeah. and those kind of things too. but you had mentioned um, after the service about the importance of doing this corporately.
0: Yeah, well, and I, I think that's um, I think in some ways listening to ourselves is best done in isolation. Yeah, uh, and talking to ourselves is best done in community. Mm. Uh, and even the way we practice this on Sunday, right? What is it we we talked to ourselves? Um, we we sang together. Yep. We sang the truth of who Jesus is. We sang, "Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God." Right? Mm-hmm. Even when we don't fully understand it, even when we're in that dark night of the soul. Um, and I know, like for me, one of the things that I think is so important about corporate worship is, is the way that we come together and we proclaim these truths, whether we're, we're saying scripture to each other, we're, whether we're just encouraging each other in a conversation, um, whether we're singing songs. Right. And uh, I've, I've heard it, I've heard it compared to like a, a team of um, a team of horses or a team of a team of dogs in a dog sled. Right. So like there's in, in a dog sled there, there may be one dog that just doesn't feel like going to just, you know, and like the other dogs help pull that dog along. Um, and that's it's kind of when we gather for worship. Even if you can't bring yourself to sing the songs, even if the the pain and the darkness is so much, being together with people who are singing that, um, that's a way of of allowing others to talk to you and 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 being open to talking to yourself and reminding yourself of that that truth. And and sometimes even I would say sometimes in that dark night of the soul, it's it's not. We lack the ability to kind of muster up the like, yeah, I'll just talk to myself. But being together with the people of God, uh, being together in worship is is a way to hear those truths and to listen to them instead of listening to ourselves. Yeah, um, and I, I, yeah.
1: In in this, I think is is probably the biggest you know thing that that you know I took away as I thought about this. And, and I have seen this in my role as a pastor in so many ways, it just in the ways mm. that I've communicated with people and had conversations. And what I see over and over and over again is once we get into those darker places, we start telling ourselves some things that we believe and we start. And this yeah. is where the listening to ourselves comes in that that Andrew Lloyd-Jones mm. or Andrew Lloyd-Jones Lloyd-Jones was talking about Martin Lloyd-Jones was talking to and he mm-hmm. was saying um, and and this idea like we wake up in the morning and we have these thoughts like I'm you know you're not as healthy as you should be uh, you're not as good as you can be you didn't get very much done yesterday and you're not going to get very much done today there's all these like little niggling yep. little lies that come in and oftentimes when people end up in my office for you know whatever reason not today obviously but over zoom or whatever mm-hmm. and to have a more you know serious conversation what happens generally is that the, they've allowed these voices to get louder and louder and louder and they they tell us all mm. kinds of things and we're listening to ourselves that are, you know, and it's all lies, right? And so, you know, this idea of talking to ourselves, you're absolutely right, it's best done corporately while we sing together and those kinds of things. But what I'm suggesting about talking to ourselves is not like, you know, telling yourself that you're great or telling yourself that you're whatever. It's speaking the truth. It's sure. preaching the good news of the gospel yeah. to ourselves. And, you know, like, it, it's almost like i remember um you know like uh I, I can't remember who it was i wish i could remember exactly but there was a um a kind of like a um i think it might have been someone like i think it was like a Saint augustine or someone like that anyways it was it was a monk mm-hmm. who was walking around the the slums of the city that he was in and he would go to the people who were um you know kind of on the street destitute broken Mm. no money and all these different things and he would kneel down beside them and look them in the eye and say you were made to house the very spirit of god and and there's this beauty in reminding ourselves of the way that god sees us and you know and who and in that and so you know you may not be able to say very much to yourself uh, in terms of talking but one thing you could say is jesus died for me so like, mm-hmm. you know, I may wake up this morning and feel like I feel terrible. I feel like everything is closing in on me. The world has fallen apart. You know, no one cares. God's far away. I can't find the places that, you know, fill me up anymore. But what I can say mm-hmm. is, hey, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. And I can say that over and over again. That's the kind of thing that I mean when I say talking to ourselves rather than listening yeah. to ourselves, because, yeah, absolutely. you know, that that's what we were trying to get at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I think part of the reason this message is so timely is that we're—we're um, we're spending a lot of time right now listening to ourselves, right? Because we're—we're yep. isolated, um, yeah. And it's—you know—even—even even in the interactions we have with people, so many of them are over screens, and we know that screens, uh, you know, the studies have shown that we—we're less connected. We can't read verb, uh, nonverbal cues as well. We—we're less likely to believe things, and it's—I mean, frankly, it's one of the reasons why we think. Uh, doing church online is better than not doing church, but doing church online is subpar yeah. compared to being able to do it in person. And and we long for the day and are waiting for the day and, you know, glad to to hold off until it's safe to do so. But um, yeah, there's, there's something really good about being together, but I would, yeah, I would, I would just say, if you're feeling, um, feeling this dark night of the soul, I know many of us are, or many of us have days. Um, yeah. Get, get into the scripture and remember some of the promises of God Uh, some of the, the goodness there, um, don't be afraid to pray through these Psalms as well. There's something about placing ourselves in them and, and journeying with the Psalmist, uh, uh, kind of being really honest about these emotions, but then bringing it back to being able to praise God and remember God's loving kindness, um, which doesn't always work out like we want it to, does it? But, but it's there and it's coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would just keep, uh, keep preaching these things to yourself uh, yeah. and we keep, keep joining us on Sunday morning on, on YouTube. I know it's not ideal. I know it's not fun. I know it's hard to prioritize, um, especially as the weather gets nicer, but there is something really deeply important and formative about gathering to encounter God together, uh, to hear one another and to, to be reminded of these truths. Yeah. Any, any closing thoughts for us today, Paul?
1: Yeah. I just, I just wanted to, to share a very quick story. Years ago, I remember uh, a friend of mine had uh, lost, well, actually it was someone from the church uh, who I had gotten to know and they had lost a loved one fairly tragically. And they were going to have a funeral service and it was really far away, um, you know, a couple hours drive. And I was a new pastor and I, you know, found this out. And so I got in the car and I drove and I showed up there and I sat with the family and I didn't really know what to say, but I just sat there And I listened and I heard all kinds of different emotions and feelings and all the different things that came through. And, um, they never forget, forgot that moment. They came back to me many times and told me, man, you remember that time where you came and you were just with us and all that kind of stuff. And there's something comforting about the, uh, you know, someone's presence just in those moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what it makes me think about is that when we get to these places of darkness and the dark night of the soul, what I, the picture that I have is that Jesus comes down and he just sits beside us. He's not going to tell us, Mm. you know, how to, Oh, just do this and you'll get out of it. Just do this and you'll get out of it. I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves, just relax. You know, these feelings are part of our human existence and, and what we can trust in it. You know, we, there are times where we may question sort of the reality of Jesus and the reality of God in our lives. But if we can hold on to our belief in God in the midst of all of this and recognize that he's yeah. there with us, uh, it's okay to feel the range of emotions that we feel and and recognize that God's with us in all of this. And when I'm ready down the road at some point, um, you know, perhaps I'll find a way through, uh, but let's just keep telling ourselves the truth about God and let's not rush the process and just allow ourselves to feel what we need to feel and, um, and experience, uh, you know, that the love of God in the middle of it all.
0: That's great. Oh man, I could keep going on this one. Um, these are, these have been so, so good and I'm, uh, yeah, looking forward to just continuing to unpack this stuff, but we are out of time for today. So thank you for listening along to Postscript. We'll be back next week with more.